Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. A podcast where now that we have thought about everything, it's time to figure out how to do things as a result. Because we've thought about each subject now, haven't we? All the subjects in the world we've now thought all about. All the them. biggest, all the most important ones. Yeah, that we could think of. <laughs> <laughs> Many of them. And uh, yeah, now it's, now it's about doing. So uh, my name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. This week, we're going to talk about how to make commitments and follow through on them. Uh-oh. <laughs> Last week, we made a couple of commitments. I've had a frustrating time <laughs> trying to kind of follow through on anything. So I just need some help from Ivanka about, well, you know, I just need to talk through what the things that get in the way are and, you know, how you avoid making excuses, how you, how you bite the bullet and make a commitment, how you know how much pressure you put on yourself how to not like try and do too many things which how to choose what to do um how to choose what to do i think is a big question and i think a lot of my thinking this week has been on that how to prioritize these are things i think we all get lost in and also how to not procrastinate yeah yes that's my big thing yeah. i've been using your your trick that you know that website you pointed me at the procrastination website. Oh, yeah. Last time I tried that, though, it just was like, sorry, I can't help you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've really been embracing the put a timer on my, my phone. Right, you're going to do mm. this for 25 minutes. That's not long. You can do this. And then I find myself just repeating the timer and actually spending loads of focused time doing a thing. So oh, there you go. It's working for me. Let's, let's, let's get going. So, a couple of weeks since we recorded, how's it going? How's life? Oh, hectic. <laughs> I was a bit ill. I was ill Monday, Tuesday. I had to not work, which is always... Yeah. I had to actually spend the whole day Monday in bed, mm. which was... That's never... You know, that, we, I avoid that. It was quite disappointing. But I did that, and uh, it was probably worth it. And Tuesday, I just took it very easy. And then by Wednesday, I was a fully functioning human being again. I went to Hull. <laughs> Did you know I was going Hell. to Hull? I went to Hull and talked to some graduate types about user research, which I enjoyed, but it's a long way to go. And then my heating broke down in my van when it was freezing. <laughs> but thanks to a phone call with my car mechanic and a bit of YouTube, I fixed it. Well, I didn't fix it permanently. Now it's now permanently on in my little old van. I'm quite excited about recording this episode, though. So, you know, I don't want to dwell in the past. The past is no, gone. Well, you don't have to. Just to, you know. <laughs> How was your week? Been the moment. I was going to do. I'm a feminist, but the feminist episode of my podcast was a white man talking about himself for an hour. I was just listening to. Did you watch Deborah on? Uh, have I got news for you? Oh no, I didn't. I saw. She her was on, on it. The, I, 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 I I had a look, and it was she was she was really in the sort of patriarchal lion's den. Yes. Uh, but she held her own, and she was funny, and um, sort of corrected a couple of. <laughs> She was like, I am attracted to this sort of thing. And then someone goes, oh, are women attracted to that sort of thing? And she goes, no, I am attracted to that sort of thing. <laughs> I've not seen <laughs> that. I will watch it. Um, I, it's worth a look. I have been conscious of the fact that Feminism Part 1 is a, of our podcast is a 
episode of you telling a story and us discussing feminism for three seconds at the end. But I kind of like the the delicious irony of it. (laughs) It was a conceit. It was a conceit. It's just you've got to listen to both episodes because we do actually talk about it. (laughs) It's not Um, like I didn't want to talk about it. No. Uh, I'd had an intense week. Uh, I saw a good video on why China has such good railway systems, um, (laughs) which I will share because the voiceover is like, they've made this line between these two cities, but it's not profitable. Why on earth would anyone do that? And thought, yeah, okay, well, China are doing things for reasons other than the bottom line sometimes, which they can. Well, they can. You know, someone's doing it, even if it is... uh, you know, authoritarian. Fake communism, yeah. Mm. I don't know. I mean, there's some phrases I've learned on my recent project, including the phrase civil society. So Mm. I I, uh, spoke to somebody. So this welcome project continues to be fascinating and I've spoken Mm. to some very interesting people, one of whom is basically lobbying Big Pharma and the EU to battle big pharma because they they hold a monopoly and they charge too much money for drugs Mm. and people die because of how much money they charge for drugs so he and talking to him he used this phrase civil society so for example so on it is related to your train story because Mm. there are things society provides that all of us benefit from so even if that thing like the train doesn't make a profit or a university doesn't actually make a profit the fact Mm. that it's produced scientists that then big pharma make money off of off of they owe us some return on investment and by ripping us off and not paying taxes and doing things like that they are robbing civil society and mm. so if you look at now this example of, uh, you know, how Trump's done all these tax cuts for, for corporations in America mm. and Patagonia have taken, I don't know if their whole tax cut benefit, but they've, they are giving $10 million to uh, environmental societies to basically they're viewing the, the money they've saved on these tax cuts as dirty money that is not mm. theirs and they are giving it to a thing that they think society needs and mm, I, you know okay. it's the but you know how many corporations do that how many corporations no. go we need the train system to work so that our workers can turn up at work and do do their jobs yeah, so yeah. therefore we should pay our taxes so well, obviously trains you know in this country aren't public yeah imagine if we were complaining that the fire service wasn't profitable Oh, these fire engines aren't very profitable. No, these aren't roads. They? The roads don't make <laughs> these us any roads money. Aren't. Yeah, I think the, one of the disturbing things I saw of those California fires is the fact that Kanye West, I think it's him. I don't. I don't actually know. One mm. of these celebrity types is paying privately for firefighters to be on nice. his property to defend his property from fire in a state that is on fire, which just like it just feels like it just makes me feel a bit sick. <laughs> The other article I saw yesterday was some newspaper had tested a load of McDonald's touchscreens and found poo on all of them. (laughs) But (laughs) before we just go, uh, you know, I was just thinking about the politics of that story because I'd seen it in like the Metro, you know, one of these kind of like Daily Mail-esque papers. And I was thinking about it in in terms of that. And I thought, okay, well, what's so what's what's the politics of this? Are we so what you're saying there is people that go to McDonald's are dirty 
don't wash their hands, probably reinforcing some sort of like racial stereotypes, probably reinforcing some pretty offensive ideas for people that just read that and go, oh, I knew those people were dirty. And I was thinking, okay, I suppose they should also have tested the touch screens in somewhere posh as well, because I don't know, chances are you'd probably find the same thing on there. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but just, but we're, we're not going to find that out because it sort of like um, supports a narrative that people like to think of people that can only afford to go to McDonald's as sort of like dirty and sort of less. I think I think you're right. well, the first thing that came into my head when you said touchscreens at McDonald's tested for, I was like, I wonder how much of just the world is covered in yeah, poo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's like what what sort of thing that's generally interacted with by the general public doesn't have traces of human feces um, there was no control there was, there was no, no control, control. so it's, it's just bullshit really i think your your analysis is probably pretty <laughs> spot on <laughs> we should call for more poo stories I can't remember what I uh, I'd said I was going to do. But I have done a few things. And one of those is some of those things we were talking about, like, oh, you know, climate change, climate crisis is such a big thing. Where do you start? What do you do? Um, and I, I came across this website called drawdown.org. And they've got this like list of 80 things you can do or that can be done in society to help start reversing or, you know, limiting to the one and a half degrees change. That, that's that's our aim. That's our best hope at the moment. Um, and mm. in that, because we've talked about like over the last year, one of the things that I have been able to synthesize in my own brain is the fact that there are two strands to my activism. I'm not sure that's exactly what it is, but like instead of going, oh, my God, I care about all these things. Where do I start? I, you know, I really have settled into climate change and equality. And mm. thankfully, women's equality has a very positive impact on climate change. So educating girls, family planning, that kind of things has a really positive effect on society and particularly on the climate. I'm picking up stories now around the world of things where women in societies that in some ways have, you know, on the surface of it progressed... There is a, like a weird, I don't want to say attack on women because I don't want to sound paranoid, but there's a lot of sort of these hugely, like Italy, there's been a story quite recently of a woman being refused the drug. So sadly, not every pregnancy ends in a child. And when, mm. when things aren't going well and there is something going wrong, that pregnancy often needs to be terminated in order to save the mother. And in a, mm. I can't remember the town, a woman was denied the drugs to terminate the pregnancy because on the grounds that, you know, it would mean stopping the fetal heartbeat and therefore the mother died, as did the baby, because it's yeah. a genuine risk to life. That sort of story is the thing that triggered the repeal of the 8th in Ireland. It's one of those stories mm. that much, many more people can get behind because it, it draws a very direct parallel between conflating, you know, religious ideology and medical treatment um, and then there was another story Verona has declared itself a pro-life city 
And then mm. I came across another story and there's like all these stories. And then there's this thing with Croatian gynecological care, something like a third of gynecological procedures on women in Croatia are done with no anaesthetic because yes. they're just not viewed as... I, I can't think of any other explanation other than women aren't viewed as human. And it doesn't have to be in some random African tribe that's still doing female genital mutilation. It's like in modern European societies, some, somehow this... Um, and I watched the um, Ricky Gervais last night and he got, he said something like, cause he was talking about some evangelical Christian that was having a pop at him on Twitter. And he said, because he really, really, really cares about everybody from conception until he turns out to be gay. And it's that sort of mm. like, why, why is this... Why is this woman's life somehow more disposable than this potential life that exists within her? And these kind of like, yeah. there's, there's something about treating humans as, or even your McDonald's story. With, you know, if you take that parallel that this is sort of a class politics thing, people who mm. shop at, eat at McDonald's are covered in shit, which is basically <laughs> what the story is trying to say. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you're not going to, if, if we can't treat other humans as humans, we're fucked. <laughs> How did you do this week, Michael? Terrible. Oh no, <laughs> terrible! I'm really like existentially terrible. <laughs> Part of the reason I wanted to look, I, I as well as committing to I, this sort of slightly ephemeral idea of doing something good this week that I can report back on, which framed in terms of home, talking to homeless people is kind of where we came to it. And I've been sort of like paying a little bit more attention. And looking for opportunities a little bit more. But then one thing, one thing that happened, and I did say, like, when someone's in distress, it's pretty obvious. When someone's in real distress. And you know what? Like, Saturday at, like, four in the morning or something. Uh, but I was just basically asleep. But, like, outside my flat, I heard someone just yelling, like, screaming, help me, help me. Like, screaming at the top. This woman screaming. And I... And I was, I just couldn't even move to get out of bed. I just couldn't even, like, I didn't even look out the window. Like, I, she stopped after a little while. I don't know what happened. But I was just like, I, what, I couldn't even... So I've just been feeling awful about that, that I, what, you can't even just check that... You just think, so, uh, the, the, the default is none of my business, someone else is probably doing something, so, you know, but... It's like I just this was it was my opportunity to at least fucking I don't know be the person that gets involved and I did nothing, so that was a failure. I tried to meet up with this guy that I met on that my tech day thing that does stuff with refugees, 
who's been a little relatively keen on kind of getting in touch and kind of doing something, but just really struggling with the fact that if I... He's in East London. If I want to go and meet him, that's like three hours. It's like an hour each way, yeah, and yeah. then we have a meeting, and I'm working, and it's like I don't know when I'm going to do that. And just just not trying to sort of arrange something, but just being just frustrated by the fact that I, I, I've, I'm just trying to kind of stay on top of this day job at the moment. And then Sharon's coming back and then we're dealing with plumbers and we're doing all this stuff, life just getting in the way of even just having a conversation about it. And on top of that, the other pressure is that the, what I spent Friday doing was I, I decided like three weeks ago or something, OK, I'm just going to commit to making a video every month, like a YouTube video. And this is nothing to do with any of this. This is just like I just want to kind of my little projects I just want to kind of have something to show for that so I spent most of Friday trying to kind of get something together and, and I feel like I kind of got nowhere with that as well so this this month this week has felt like I've not managed to achieve anything at work I've not managed to achieve anything with these videos I've not managed to do anything useful for anyone um, if anything like we've just been fighting fires dealing with things dealing with life this morning I just just as a last ditch resort just like donated to the um, Oxfam's sort of Yemen thing just so that I've felt that so that I've done one thing but that's I can't that's not that wasn't the idea but that's why I wanted to talk about I don't I don't know how you I don't know how to certain things that like once it's out of your normal habits I I'm really struggling with it <laughs> <sighs> this, barrage this is, frustration this is, this, and just like, to, existentially so that i'm just like i can't help anyone i can't do anything useful i can't i just can't even do anything i can't do a job i can't do life i can't just fuck everything kind of feeling you know jesus christ yeah the therapy session therapy time therapy time so i'm going to tread into very dangerous territory for me oh, and God. Michael and talk about veganism very briefly. I okay. interviewed, as part of my research, I interviewed somebody who works for Sustain and she works about the sustainability of fishing. And mm. I have to say all these campaigner people that I've been interviewing have been really inspiring and they've really mm. made me feel like there's good people who care and have got the energy and the knowledge and the nous to change things are out there doing yeah. that and that's brilliant. And I don't think that we have to all be that. I'm not one of those people. I can't be one of those people. It's not my, but I can help them. I can be in the background cheering them on and do whatever. So, in fact, mm. giving some money to Oxfam's Appeal for Yemen is a positive thing to do that you wouldn't have done if we hadn't talked about it. So yeah. I think that you have, you did commit to do something good and you did something good. What's wrong with that? That's great. That's, a, that's just the a, easiest possible thing, though, isn't so it? So the easiest possible thing for if it's, you know, it has a potential to save one life, maybe more lives, like it's not to be dismissed. If that's the thing you can do, like I don't think there's anything wrong or, or dirty about going, right, I've got my, we've spoken about this before. Sometimes you're time poor, but you've got some disposable income. You yeah. can, you know, do it. I think it's not doing it or thinking that it's not worth doing that actually hampers some of these efforts. 
Um, but one of the things she and I were talking about, she, she, whilst fishing is her main thing, we also talk, she obviously also works on the sustainability of food and eating and all those kind of mm. things. And she, she did talk about the fact that once, so she's, she does eat some fish because it has proven to be very good for you. Um, and her knowledge of which fish are sustainable because apparently it changes quite rapidly. So mackerel might be the thing this month, but it might be herring next month. So it's, you have to actually have up-to-date information. But she mm. said she does eat some fish. So we ended up talking about veganism as well. She said one of the problems with going that sort of like, if I'm not perfect, then it's not worth doing, like persuading people to be perfect doesn't work so trying to persuade somebody that they in order to save the planet or be healthy they need to go 100% vegan is quite terrifying for people and it creates that sort of like uh what you mean I can never ever do this thing again and psychologically that doesn't work as well as the you know do something positive or the incremental steps so she kind of went we know this like there's loads of science around it I don't have references to link to but it's like it's it doesn't really matter what we do as long as we keep doing something positive that is my that is my response to your what yeah I I, I suppose what I have in my head is there's always this um the Alan Carr method to quitting smoking yeah which is all very much about how you can't cut down. It's much easier just to go fully cold. And I I know, so I'm going to, this is, I think my habits tend to go into this all or nothing, kind of like force yourself to completely change your habits. Quit smoking, know that you're never going to have another cigarette for the rest of your life and then go to the pub and just like figure out how you're going to talk to people if you're not kind of rolling cigarettes all the time. Like figure out how you, and likewise for drinking and likewise. So I always have this thing that I need to do something quite hard line or something quite significant in order to kind of break my established behaviours. That, that That's also ties in with perfectionism, which yeah. is procrastination at the end of the day. Yeah. Most of the time, perfectionism is just, oh, well, if it's not perfect, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. So I, I don't know where this I don't know where where the boundary is between using kind of like a hard line attitude to force yourself out of bad habits versus sort of like not being perfectionist but, and kind of expecting the world from yourself. But but you're you're I think stopping smoking that's a removing something negative from your life. Mm. Talking to a homeless person or doing more good is adding something positive to your life. They are two different. They are. Com- they are, in my yeah, opinion, yeah, yeah, yeah. completely different. So you can live your life and be a very healthy, happy human being without ever engaging with homelessness in any way. Frankly, that is entirely sure, possible. It's not going to affect your health. It's not going to affect your relationships. Whatever. However, that it is more of an opportunity. If I try and do something good what will that bring into my life so and it, and therefore it's not doesn't have this same black and white psychology attached to it so i think you can put your toe in the water because actually perhaps you've chosen something too big <laughs> you know like yeah it's like nothing feels like anything to quote the famous deborah francis white of the guilty <laughs> feminist podcast tangent mm. warning i listened to our last episode 
and I find my, find my voice being quite high pitched and whiny and oh my god everything's we've got to change the world and I was like I'm not enjoying it. like shh stop mm. it Ivanka why are you being so whiny and then I and then I was like you know what you know you we we've had this conversation about how humorous we are and keeping it entertaining and mm. it's like you know sometimes I I don't really talk in an entertaining fashion and but I'm not sure I care and I'm not sure it matters which is a different question but I was listening to this very earnest episode of Guilty Feminist and I was thinking yeah. do you know what I'm not really enjoying this as much as when there's the laughs um though I'm not a professional I'm not a comedian I've never had aspirations to be no. one so it's slightly different but anyway so I was listening to all this in the midst of this Deborah Francis White did one of her inspiring inspiring monologues where mm. she talked about you know like in order to change the world, we actually just need the kind people to be a little bit more motivated than the unkind people. Because on this whole, every, all, you know, all the dots join up, you know, we've got climate change is a problem. We know women's equality helps that. You know, we know that microfinancing women's small businesses in the third world helps girls get educated, helps so many things. Giving mm. a fiver a week to some microfinancing effort in the third world though I'm not sure you're supposed to say third world anymore could potentially be that little thing that starts changing something it doesn't you know your actions don't have to be big they just have to be positive I think I still don't know why I didn't get out of bed with somebody screaming help me I don't know I can't explain how tired I was last week (laughs) and that's my only excuse like and there's people kind of like up to all sorts of weird stuff quite a lot on the street yeah. so it's I don't want to pick on you I don't know how but like just because that time I was like and it could have just been nothing yeah 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 it could have just been nonsense it probably was oh yeah it has. I just can't begin to explain how tired I was last week and I, I sort of slept and stayed in all weekend to try and just do it and then like Monday I was still exhausted it's taken me till sort of Wednesday to even to kind of get to my brain working properly again, which is another problem with this thing. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, if it maybe if it had lasted another minute. Yeah, the um, in our house just to just to lighten the conversation a bit. Whenever we hear any noise, it's a bit excessive at night. Bearing in mind we've had a motorbike stolen from right outside the house, so if any any noise, we um, we send Nick on pant patrol <laughs> because um, obviously any burglars entering the house will be terrified of the stuff. It's like, do I need to go and do pant patrol? Yes. So that's our. The family phrase in our house for getting up in the middle of the night to check out some random student noises. It's usually parties around our neighbourhood. have you done what have you well, managed I, to achieve this week the uh, this is what made me say think that we should have some we should sort of in a in an in an homage to the guilty feminist we should have some sort of guilty week 
uh, feminist week kind of we should steer you know did you have a doing week or a not doing week you know did were you positive or did, were you not did you I don't know anyway so what's your done good score done yeah what's my done good score for this week how many I think done good tree how many branches has it grown I'm referencing a, a platform I built or started building at some point never quite released we should play, <laughs> Where little what? we should things. play with that because anyway because we can all build the tree yeah. together anyway overall I'm going to say that I've not had a particularly done good week. So, like, having not bought a plastic bottle of water for ages, <laughs> months, years, mm. I f- forgot my water bottle, so I had to buy a plastic bottle. I did make it life water, but still, um, there was just no... I tried to get all the way from the office to home without any water. I was dying of thirst I I wasn't dying of thirst I was very thirsty so I did that I bought a takeaway coffee cup I was like like, everything like the more you ask you know the more I try and focus on doing good the more bad I did (laughs) it's like (laughs) I do well the subconscious knows no negative does it like don't you phrased it in your head the wrong way around (laughs) so that happened I also I took a taxi uh, rather than walking through London however in my defense the taxi driver, as soon as I got in, tried to mansplain something at at me, so I stopped him because he was trying okay. to talk. So there's been a protest in Brighton this week where some vegans have gone and stood outside a uh, Brazilian steak restaurant booing. And apparently the humorous element of the story is that the vegans were outside going boo and the people inside were going moo, <laughs> which I thought was quite humorous. But anyway, so that happened. So this taxi driver said, yeah, you better watch out if you're going to Brighton because, like, you know, those vegans are going to get you. He said, have you heard about this? Do you know what's happened? They're vegans are going around loads of restaurants. And I said, let me stop you for a moment, <laughs> sir. I am A, I live in Brighton. That's why you're taking me to Victoria to the Gatwick entrance. Uh, B... My husband runs a website called restaurantsbrighton.co.uk. So I've kind of got my finger on the pulse of the restaurant news of Brighton. Thank you. So I sort of gave him a few corrections. But then we went on to have a wonderful conversation about plastic and climate change and the fact that we can't disregard these things anymore and we all need to be thinking about it. So, you know, I kind of didn't stay silent I think so I I Mm. did my best there and I have persuaded my mother to join the Extinction Rebellion so what does that mean for her what does that mean for her she's going going away she's going down (laughs) she's going down so the Extinction Rebellion I discovered has quite a lot of videos that are kind of targeted at different audiences and they had one for the elders so there's lots of grey-haired people with lots of different regional accents talking about how they need to do something for their children and grandchildren and that's why they're on this bridge in Westminster or that's why they're doing this thing you know it's a very well produced video and I sent it to my mother and one of her friends and my mother texted me you know know, a few hours later I've joined the XR (laughs) I think it means for now kind of giving them a bit of money but she's trying to work Mm. out if there's a local Brighton branch so you know she's making active step you know I've delegated fighting the extinction uh, crisis that we're facing Um, but I told at least at the very least she could do is keep telling her friends about it so I see that as an achievement of mine. It would be more impressive if it had been, you know, not my mum. Because my mum and I did have a number of years, we were on a Burma protest together a number of years ago, and we discussed the fact that actually as she was approaching retirement, one of the things she'd be able to do soon would be get arrested. So the seed was already there. So it's not really a major uh, thing. And I've done these readings that I'm telling you about, that's what I've done. And I've... Not a lot really, Michael. I haven't given anyone well, any money. Yeah, I, I haven't saved no, anyone. I, it's hard, isn't it's it? It's hard. 
the other thing I did, I'm just remembering, is I did finally do that research into... I looked at what my MP has been saying in Parliament. Oh, yeah. Karen Buck, and just had... It's very well presented on this day, work for you. you yeah, just I like it. through and just read the... But that just depressed me as well. She, she's, she was, you know, she's... I can't do anything to her, but she's good. You know, she's saying the right things. It's like, yeah. you know, when talking about Brexit, like, no-one voted to be poorer in this just kind of that's the point she just said that to Theresa May it's like okay well I can't really put any and then had facts and figures for anything and she's talked about the sort of full gamut of things we talk about in parliament and sort of said kind of stuff I agree with so yeah it's like okay but then you're just reading those what people are saying and it's so gross these political discussions Theresa May is just is making me increasingly ill the more I see this kind of attitude she has to it. I think if somebody has the answer to what you can do, if your MP is somebody that you feel represents you, what's mm. your next port of call? What do you do? Who do you write to? So, for example, Caroline Lucas is my yeah. MP. You've got a good MP. There's no point me writing to her. She's got enough problems to deal with without me going... Mm. Yeah, do you know? She doesn't need me. <laughs> you were. I really enjoyed when you said this thing. You know, it's like okay, I could occasionally go, "Yay, well done, Caroline, thank you." But what, where do I put my efforts? You know, do, should I be writing to Jeremy Corbyn? Should I be writing to, to, to Theresa May? So one of the things you offer your MPs, your vote, and without your vote, they yeah. they they ain't got nothing. So you have an actual bargaining chip. So if anyone knows the answer to what do you do if you've got a good MP, <laughs> um, <laughs> that I'd be happy to hear. we recorded last time I went with those kids we mentored I went to the Mm. for them to present to Peter Kyle who's another local MP I have to say I was very impressed he was very well informed on all the topics he was very good at what he was doing he was talking to these Mm. young people he was able to tell an inspiring personal anecdote say something practical be constructive and they were you know they're quite different people and they're quite different ideas and I was like "Mm, you are good at this MPing business (laughs) (laughs) so that was good so I suppose I did that that was a a good thing a bit of volunteering and I've been having to do a lot these last couple of weeks with you know I'm a trustee at this charity in Brighton I'm a trustee at the Brighton Natural Health Centre which is a charitable institution that runs yoga pilates it's set up for people to have access to things that helps them with their own health and well-being there's been quite a lot to do because one of our trustees is retired so a lot of my spare my sort of volunteering time has been on that so yeah i've done some stuff so what what's let's <laughs> what are the what are the things that limit our ability to do things so perfectionism is obviously one what did you want to talk a bit more about procrastination? I think procrastination is a very funny thing because it, you know it really is like this putting off of doing something you know you're going to do anyway, you don't want to do, or you're not sure how to do, mm. you're not sure if you're going to do it well enough. There's all these different reasons, and there's theories and books and stuff you can read about procrastination. But I think one of the things that I do think I've got better at is carving out time for things. Because, mm. so, you know, in the in the last, I can't remember which of the two episodes you were like, oh, you know, it's, it's you, you observed that I wasn't present until we started recording. <laughs> but a lot of my, like, there's a few different demands on my time that mean that if I don't go, 
right now I'm doing podcast. In an hour, I'm going to be doing, like I've got another trustees thing to do this afternoon. Yeah. But that's that time for that. It has to happen between half past 12 and half past one. Otherwise, I'm, I can't do it. And it's that sort mm. of like setting aside time. And one of the things I could be much better at is saying that I can't do something. Mm. Like just because something fills me with enthusiasm, because somebody's telling me something about some project and I'm very excited mm. for them and for their project. And then I'll go, yeah, I can do that for you. It's like, yeah, no, yeah, you yeah. can't, Ivanka. You don't have time and you won't do it. And then they'll, you're, they'll think you're lame and flaky, just like Michael used to. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the actual thing that goes through your head every single time? God, just like every, Michael every, used to. Yeah, it does. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Michael did it. He did a flaky intervention on me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Go on, keep putting up. Oh, sorry. No, no, I know exactly what you mean. Like, but then that becomes a process of just choosing. And yeah, obviously, yeah. I'm kind of mired in this at the moment. And one of the reasons I decided to do a video every month was like, okay, that's a small thing that I can commit to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I will, because there's a time limit on it, I will produce to whatever the standard that I can achieve within yeah. that that constraint rather than stuff just like going on and on and on and never getting delivered so definitely you do as much as you can in your window that you have to do it and then move on to the next thing and then make sure that you don't bite off more than you can chew yeah, yeah. I think like for this extinction rebellion thing which I at the moment I really can't turn up on a bridge in London that's just yeah. not something I can do but I've joined They've got a um, sort of a message amplification group. So you can sign up to a WhatsApp group and they put a link on and they go, right, everybody go and like this or share this. I can do that quite easily. Mm. You know, it comes in on my WhatsApp. I can go, you know, that's something I... And sometimes even that you don't have time to do, though. (laughs) I mean, you've got to make time to even do something like that. Like, even... Like an email, certainly, but even just like sharing something on on Facebook, it's like if you go beyond just click share to my timeline, it's like suddenly that's like a little chunk of time that well, it, you've yeah, got to I, kind of go, I, okay, am I doing this? I agree with you. <laughs> it's always a bit fiddly. Yeah, I, I agree. And <laughs> it's like, you know, there's that choice you're making between trying to phrase the tweet or the Facebook post so that it will, you know, have an element of you in it or simply going, okay, mm. you want me to amplify like. <laughs> so you kind mm. of have it within the, the, like, if they've shared something on the WhatsApp thing, I can click on the link. It opens my Facebook app. If I've got time to compose something that I am satisfied with, I may. But I've got into this habit of going, watch this, (laughs) read this, Mm -hmm. like this, Mm -hmm. like just like, or or don't. But, you know, we all know with the algorithms, the more stuff that's happening, the more attention it gets. So, yeah. And also that, I mean, it's not very persuasive to just go watch this. You've got to sort of go, oh, this is what I got out of this. Yeah, yeah. But then then that's, you've got to write something and then it's like, ah, geez. But even when you just go watch this, people do. You know, it's like... Mm. um, Sometimes. Or share it without comment. The same five people. (laughs) Well, true. But but, And then the the other thing I did a bit this week was... um, So, because Ivanka Trump has also had a problem with her emails being on the wrong server. (laughs) Shit. So I have got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of notifications 
yeah. but because I've been commuting for a couple of days, I did two trips up to London. I actually sat there one evening, and instead of like hold, because normally I really try and be polite and say excuse me, da, 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 and then. But some people just, so anyway, I've been doing like my off the cuff remarks. <laughs> mm-hmm. I quite enjoyed myself. I've had a bit of engagement with the old interwebs. Nothing, to, that is no, not, I don't believe that is part of my doing good at all. You know, mm. if anything, I do it to try and drive some traffic to the podcast. So I don't know if that's part. <laughs> like, hi, no, I'm not Ivanka Trump, but please listen to my podcast. But sometimes I just look at them and I think, if only I could get the word, you know, I don't want to just be another idiot transmitting things on the uh, on the Twitters. So I try and word it carefully mm. and then if it takes too long, then I don't do it. It's going back to the, the time allocation thing, mm. you, um, with the, if you kind of like block out your time too much, you run this risk of sometimes you just can't really do it in that time. You might have like half a day scheduled for something and then just when you come to it, it's like, my, I'm just, it's just not going to happen today. But then I think it's really important. I think there's also this habit, don't, you know, obviously I have my habits app available in the app store. <laughs> don't break the chain of this thing of you do it with something, you keep doing something every day, every week. And then the motivating factor is that you don't ever want to break the chain. Like we've not broken the chain with this podcast. No. And I never want to break I, I feel like any time I've ever broken the chain with something like that is it's kind of like it sort of goes to shit pretty soon afterwards. If I've been kind of doing something regularly, I'd I wish I knew how to recover from breaking the chain. Once you've sort of given yourself permission to I don't know, be too tired, be not in the mood once, it sort of sets a precedent that almost inevitably a couple of weeks later you'll kind of make a similar excuse and then more and more and then next thing you know it's like you're not doing that anymore. Yeah, but I think that's about ha- not having too many of them. So you've got to have a bit of a sort of spongy you've got to have kind of spongy, overflow. Yeah. Otherwise, I did many years ago read this book about something to do with time prioritisation and that the message I took away from it which I think is very useful. It's like start your planning with the things you really want. So like, I really want to do a Pilates class once a week. Put that in your calendar before you put anything else in and everything Mm. else, like this podcast, everything else has to fit around recording this podcast. Mm. So I'm sorry, I'm not available. It's like today things went a bit wrong, even though everyone did their best to finish this trustees meeting, you know, in time for me to walk home. But there were mm. a couple of points we had to finish off. But from all the messaging around arranging the meeting and everything, it was like, yeah, 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 but I have to be at my computer at 10 o'clock. And the same goes for leaving work to come home to my family. It's like, yep, I'll do everything. Yeah. I'll work all day. I'll come in. I don't mind how early I come in, but I have to walk out at five o'clock because I yeah. have to get home. And so it's yeah. these sort of, you know, you can't do it to your whole day every day because I think then it doesn't allow for those duvet day moments or that sort of like mm. I just really tired I need to not do anything for a bit I don't know I don't know what the magic number is but I think <laughs> starting with the things you definitely definitely want to do is I think a good way to do that yeah so prioritization yeah. what what is the th- important thing and yeah yeah true but the thing about the recovering from a broken chain thing i also find like you know i get into a running habit and then i twist my ankle and then i still haven't run since then 
Oh, like, no. Yeah, I've been meaning to ask, actually. No. Yeah. I, and I was like, last night I was sitting on the sofa. I was like, do you know what? Tomorrow morning I'm going to get up and go for a run, which I haven't. Yeah. And it's like, you just get out of the, just becomes not a habit. Or maybe it's not yeah, even a habit. Like, like the gym, my thing. gym habit, I don't know how I get myself out of bed without, like at 630 three times a week without hesitation and then the next day when I don't have to I'm like there is nothing moving me from this bed nothing but just because I have that like also it's costing me quite a lot of money um, and I just know that it's all about keeping going but that it's just once you've formed the habit it's kind of easy you've kind of got your gym gear hanging up in the right place you know where your yeah, yeah, socks yeah. are going to be you're kind of keeping an eye on whether you're running out of gym socks you know you you sort of like you're forming all those affordances around the around that immovable thing i think i might have an idea because <laughs> what the thing about the podcast is we have a workaround for when we can't do it mm. so we, I mean, we we have not spoken to each other every Friday for the year, but we have spoken to each other yeah. for for what ninety percent of the Fridays, maybe even higher. Yeah. So yeah. what we've done is going gone right. We really, really must do this, but we know we can't do it. So ha- what's that? We have a recovery already built in. Hmm. You know, like, we're anticipating. You'll say, "Oh, I'm away in two weeks, so we need to do a double the week before." Like we don't let it get to the last no. minute and then suddenly it's like, oh. There's something about, right, okay, I'm going to commit to doing a thing every week, but if I can't, this is how I'm going to make up for it. So so then yeah. the making up for it is you've already committed to the making up for it ahead of falling out mm. of the habit. of biting climate breakdown there are some activities which don't involve any effort that are positive for example Mm. not shopping for not buying anything other than food for a week is actually Mm. positive you know that's for a day (laughs) unless you're going to put off all your shopping for the following go crazy it's like oh i think i need a new do you though <laughs> that sort of like that the the threat of climate breakdown is a constant background thought to me everything i do it's like mm, but what would the climate say <laughs> where where some people would have a deity looking at them and uh, as judging them you have the climate breakdown yeah. judging your every action the climate apocalypse judging me face i am gaia and i am angry with you ivanka exactly where is your water bottle here's here's something gross about my brain my habits i look forward to this one (laughs) there's a guy in hammersmith that dances we've got disco puts on this right there's he puts down his little boom box and he earnestly dances to drum and bass outside hammersmith shopping center right and you sort of see, he doesn't look like he's enjoying it. And he's got a hat out for money. And and I sort of think, maybe I should find out about him. Find out what's, what, why, what, what what's motivating him to do this. Is it just literally, I, I feel like you'd get something about 
he's trying to change the world in some way by dancing every day. But it might just be that it's a way he's found to, you know, get some coins off people. But I feel like if he was trying to do it for other people's entertainment, then he might look, it might be working a bit harder at looking like he's having a good time. But the gross thing about my brain is I start imagining the conversation and then before I know it, I'm playing him some music that I've made and he's dancing to it and I'm filming it and then that's on YouTube and then that goes viral. But when you started telling me that story, that's what I thought. Oh, I don't okay. understand. I don't, don't think that's the gross thing about your brain. It's it is just gross the- because it's like, it's like ulterior motives. It's like, can you not just do something for someone else or just talk to someone for them and not make it about me like so my obviously i gained nothing for i didn't think about it in my head it didn't Mm. go viral by the way it was just like oh it's just with this guy and then maybe then he could be in his music video and then maybe something good would come of it like i don't think that's particularly self-serving i think that's just idea generation it's like oh you know like one thing i do and i think you also do is like and that's one of the reasons i get into trouble and say yes to too many things is because I genuinely go, oh, that's, oh, look, if you do that, you could do all these other things. And then you get Mm, too many things and then you're like, ah, and then you have to go and hide in your bedroom (laughs) because you can't do anything because you're paralysed by choice of ideas. I'm sure many, many people are like that. And I think it's not a, you know, but I, I don't know what you do with it. But I still don't think that should I stop I do people. everything. I just feel ashamed of myself. So, mate, so you're saying, I don't know. I'm saying that... I'm still not sure I'm not ashamed of myself, despite your... Well, um, you need... I mean, <laughs> you know, to channel Brené Brown off, off the TED Talks, shame is not a good emotion, Michael. I'm not saying that I don't have it. I'm just saying that this is something we need to, you know, cast off. So if someone's clicked on our podcast because they think they're going to learn something, <laughs> something <laughs> they're, from they're going to hear their own exten- existential crisis reflected back to them by yes. other people. So at least they're not going to feel alone. There are two reasons I think this podcast we, we have committed to and done the podcast is that mm. there is a, there are two of us and we have to yeah, remind yes. each other and go so if one of us if there's any any moment or you know you're not just committed your time and your effort but you've committed to another human which i think makes a big difference because so many of my things i do on my own and that's why they can that's why breaking the chain once can just like let it go because then i'm on to the next thing i think yes having it not just be you is very important yes with the running, it probably would be helpful, but yeah. I like running on my own. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because not everything. not everything works quite like that. And then I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, no, I like to right. reduce what I buy and I like to, you know, like we do all these things. But I suppose Nick has totally bought into that as well. So there are two of us, like as a family, mm-hmm. we've committed. And so that makes it easier. 
you know, so there is that human thing. There is the other humans doing it together thing. But then like in these volunteering, it's actually very hard to get volunteers. People sign up and then Mm. they don't commit and they don't turn up. And that is very tricky. The big volunteering thing that I've committed to, uh, because I've been a trustee for five or six years now, and it's not always straightforward because you are effectively one of the directors of an organisation. There's people's jobs. There, you know, it's quite, it's not trivial at all. Mm. And sometimes things come up. So it's like on the surface of it, you're committed to four trustees meetings a year. You think, oh, it's not bad. But actually, you've got to be aware of what's happening in the accounts and HR, blah, blah, blah. And it's quite involved. Mm. Um but we and we talked about this this morning, jokingly at the beginning of the of the meeting, because somebody had asked if we get paid, and then when when they got told that we don't get paid, they were, oh well, I can't do that then. And I've told you before about that guy I met for coffee, and when I said I volunteered as a trustee, and he was like, why do you do that? So there is something that some people find odd about volunteering. I try to think about what makes volunteering enjoyable. But it's a different circle of friends, different circle of contacts. I don't know what the point is I'm trying to make. No, I think maybe just if I could just set some time aside for whatever I'm volunteering on. Although it's it's like I've already got my Fridays. (laughs) I need to sort of like sketch out another bit of time. You need a routine to be able to slot these things into as well. And sometimes I just don't know what my routine's going to be in a few weeks. And I... I mean, I'm obviously keeping a very strict routine, but then it's when that gets disrupted that things can change. But I think as well even with my, sort of even it. with the trustee volunteering, there are other tr- trustees. Never mind the organisation and everything. Like because you can't always give it. There are moments in in its history, like in the history of my volunteering there, where I've had time, like being pregnant and on maternity leave or having mm. a small child or like when I was at home right. on maternity leave I was like well I went in every Thursday and did something while while the baby was small enough to be strapped to me and we do stuff I respect the other people I'm a trustee with and I don't want to let mm. them down and that is an important part of it and it's actually in some ways less about the center now and more about the relationships I formed that I you know, and over time they've become, I've even, you know, I've had sought advice from them on things that aren't related to the tree. Mm. It's just a way of, it's a way of making friends, if nothing <laughs> else. Yeah, no. And, you know, making friends is a nice thing. And if we're all going to be on team human, if that's, you know, one of the objectives, yeah. like to encounter people that may not be in your normal circle. So step one, identify values. Step two, volunteer and find friends with similar values. Step three heaven go to heaven no that sounds <laughs> yeah. gross it's been like i want to say heaven in a kind of like then you get to go to heaven way but it's been so kind of like like hijacked by tv ads that it just sounded gross then you have it just means sex now it does <laughs> yeah it means eating chocolate in a bath with a glass of yeah. wine do you know what <laughs> word can fuck off which word is the word indulgent mm-hmm. the word indulgent can Fuck right off. I'm so sick of seeing it on stuff. Like, fuck you. (laughs) The conclusion is just fucking do it. Just do it! (laughs) Just do it! Just, just, what are you waiting for? Do it! So that was my Shia LaBeouf. That's quite scary. I'm going to put Shia LaBeouf. Just do it! <laughs> <laughs> what? 
So if you're in any doubt, just watch just that Shia LaBeouf thing, ideally when it's been green screened onto a parachute jump or something, and you'll succeed, at least for that day. All right, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you like the podcast, go to grandpodcast.com, hit the subscribe button. If you're not already subscribed, that should do the right thing on your phone. It might jump between apps a bit, but then you should get the new episodes as they come in. Send us an email, hello at grandpodcast.com, if you've done anything good recently, and we'll tell everyone about it. Yeah. Where can people find you, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. Find me at michaelforestmusic.com and on YouTube. All my links are from there. I'm just going to, I am going to force out a YouTube video today. Uh, one way or another. You, what else can people do? What people can do, really, which we would really appreciate, is if you all went to whatever app or platform you're listening to this podcast on and write a review or give it some stars. It would help enormously mm. with letting other people discover the brilliance that is our podcast. Even if we do say so. Ourselves. Well, come on. <laughs> I think it's Listen, good. I think it's I think good. We've, we've earned the right. So shut up, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've earned the right. We've earned the we're right. Like, we're committed. We're committed. You know, quality we can work on, commitment we have nailed, and we deserve some reward for that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. 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 bye.